everyone, and welcome back to Go Team Video, the podcast where the AMPM video team watches a movie and then we talk about it along with everything else that's going on. How you doing? I'm Michael Sadler. I'm joined by Abigail Johnson and Daly Singleton. How's it going tonight? Hello. Going good. How are you, Daly? I'm well. Uh, I'm well. Been real busy this good. week, but I'm well. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, this is episode 22, and we're discussing Sorry to Bother You. This is a 2018 film. And uh, I've seen it a few times, and this was Daly and Abby's first time seeing the film. No, I've seen it before. Well, okay. Uh, I'm standing. My I'm sorry. first time seeing I'm sorry. it. Sorry. I've seen I, it I before. Sit, I sit corrected. You sit uh, corrected. You've reverted, Michael. You've gone back to the to the bed. Well, I wasn't. Right? No, I wasn't standing last time. This is this is approximately the same setup. Oh, okay, okay. It, I'm not lying down in bed anymore. Your camera is... Uh, you're just sitting up in bed. Your camera makes it look yes. like you're sitting in bed. Your camera looks like your back is like a green screen background of a picture of your room, and you're like sitting. Actually, yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a green screen uh, picture. Uh, where are you I, right now, Michael? Things are getting uh, technically advanced on my end. Are um, you Are you in Tennessee, Michael? No, I'm actually recording this from Oakland, California. Oh my movie, goodness! Where the movie was shot <laughs> on location. Yeah, I, I, it's oh, a new thing yeah. I'm trying out where I go to where the movie was filmed, <laughs> and then I green screen my bedroom, so it's pointless. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So if you're watching uh, this stream at home on Twitch, there you go. There's a little uh, Michael. Where the else? Scenes. Michael, if uh, if they're not watching live, where else could they watch it? They could watch it on YouTube um, later. When it's posted there, and along with uh, yeah, along with the audio on Friday, yeah, along with the audio on Friday at all your different uh, podcast outlets, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Music, podcast stuff, whatever Anchor. that one's called. Just Anchor. go to, you can just go to the web to to a web browser and listen to it too. It's yeah. everywhere. Mm, fancy it's everywhere. It, it's not on Deezer. I don't think it's on Deezer, but. Okay, or, well, I've never heard of that. Google so. podcast. I haven't either. I don't think it's on <laughs> Google. I think podcast it's fine either. if it's not on Deezer or whatever you just said. If you're watching uh, this on YouTube and you want it on Deezer or like other s- smaller podcast things, let us know. We'll put it on there. Sure. If yeah, you're, we'll make you, you happy. Yeah. If you're an <laughs> exclusive you. Deezer listener, then just let us know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is sorry to bother you. This is a Bootsy Collin directed film, who's also the uh, lead singer of the group The Coup. Yeah, and Bootsy R- Boots Riley. Not Boots right. What did I say, Bootsy Collins? <laughs> it's Boots Riley. Sorry, that's the wrong Bootsy. Um, <laughs> boots and cats. Puss, puss and boots. Puss, little little Bootsy. Yeah, uh, that's first, pretty fun. The the, uh, the Filmmaking debut of Boots Riley. And what a debut it is. And what a debut. For sure. We're all excited to talk about it. Uh, Daily, do you have some facts about that film? I do. Uh, we numbers. already said it was written and directed by Boots Riley. His debut, of course. Um, it released uh, uh, its Sundance on January 20th, uh, t- 2018. 
And then uh, later that year in July, July 6th, um, in, is the, the theatrical release. Uh, it's got a runtime of 112 minutes. Um, and a little, the budget, a little long for a daily film. But. A little long for a daily film, but you know, I I've gone. I, there's been episodes where movies yeah, super you, long, you're and not I'm like, inflexible. I'm not inflexible. I don't think this movie's too long. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't think this movie's too long. Okay. Uh, budget of three point two million dollars, with a box office wow. of eighteen point three million. Oh hell yeah! So, I would say that's a I. I didn't really give any thought to the budget before, but uh, pr- that's really a pretty impressive. conservative budget. Like for I would how say for that's how like impressive, a, yeah. And I would say uh, that's an outstanding return. Yeah, oh, definitely. And uh, for the for the uh, the star power in the film, I would say that's you know that's an incredible cast for three million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opening weekend was uh, seven hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars. Um, let's see. Uh, so basically, um, 95% of the money it's made from the box office, it was from, uh, domestic, like, uh, United States. Yeah. Mm. So not that popular everywhere else. Mm -mm. I mean, I get it. Uh, also, Pretty American uh, film. I would say so. I feel like yeah. it's pretty specific yeah. to America. It's uh and Boots Riley is also like not only is he a musician and artist in other ways, he's also a member of the Communist Party, which is very you can totally see that in this movie. And what's one of my favorite parts about it? Yeah, lots and lots of social commentary and satire running through this film. Um sure. did it make y'all think of that movie, that Mike Judge movie that that's uh Idiocracy. What's it called? Idiocracy. Yeah. It did. Yes. It made me think of that movie. I've not seen that movie, so I can't say. Certainly had some elements of that going on. Um, well, yeah. That's about it for uh, the the uh, the hard facts. Michael, do you have any trivia? Uh, just that uh, this the starring role that Lakeith Stanfield plays was meant to be uh, Donald Glover, and Donald Glover got busy uh, with the Star Wars film Solo, the Han Solo film, and he recommended Lakeith Stanfield because they starred together on uh, the show Atlanta. Yes, Mm -hmm. let's Um, go. That's awesome. I feel like that's a great handoff uh, because I can't imagine another person in that role. Yeah. And as much as I like uh, Donald Glover, I think it's a different film with them. Yeah. So I feel like that's a one, one instance of casting not working out really scoring for the film itself. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, I do know oh. that uh, the the film uh, Bruce Riley was inspired by the films of Michel Gondry, yep. and uh, wanted Good. to pay homage to Michel Gondry by uh, having his name. Um, uh, there's this uh, section of the film where you see a short little uh, stop motion animated film, and mm-hmm. he wanted to have Michel Gondry's name on that as kind of like a an homage to the director, uh, but it didn't really go uh, the the PR team or whoever for Michelle Gondry. Like it didn't it, it didn't, didn't happen. Through. <laughs> and so uh, he uh, he changed yeah. the name to Michelle Dongry. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I, I, I noticed that. 
And I thought that was really silly. I mean, it's it's obviously an homage. I don't think it's him like poking fun or anything. I think it's a little bit Mm -hmm. of both because he couldn't get the name. So, well, yeah, but like, yeah, it's a slight (laughs) joke at Michelle Gondry's uh, expense. But it's like there's so much visual stuff going on in the film that is obviously, uh, and it's like, was taking inspiration from Michelle Gondry films. Yeah, the way the stuff drops out of this, like when you drop out of the sky into the scene, you know? Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. A lot of the way yeah. the transitions yeah. work, some mm-hmm. of the more surreal elements, mm-hmm. uh, you can definitely mm-hmm. see that coming through. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, that Boots Riley wrote a, an album called Sorry to Bother You in 2012. Oh. Um, and then made this film... Uh, Six years later. Nice. Fantastic. We should listen to that album. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty much what I have for trivia. Uh, not a lot else going on. I, I know that, uh, you know, there's there's some stuff going on with uh, Tessa Thompson's uh, earrings in the film. Mm-hmm. A few different messages coming through. I think uh, one of those things was a reference to a Bob Dylan song. Oh. Um, about the murder of a black woman. Um, and then there's one about, it's like, we are the bomb. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Call, the, call Homeland Security or something like that. We are the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, I do want to say up front, fuck Army Hammer. <laughs> Before we get yeah. into the movie. Well, I think, you know, this movie helps uh, you hate Army Hammer. So I mean, yeah. I mean, now we have real reasons. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Bury the rag and deep in your face are lyrics from The Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll by Bob Dylan, which oh. is a protest song about a poor African-American woman murdered by a wealthy white man. Hmm. Um, hmm. But yeah, I love her earrings the whole time. You got like murder, 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 kill, kill, kill. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. All the different earrings are, are really, really incredible. They were really fun. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've got for trivia uh, for the film. And I think we should just go right into the plot. Let's get right straight into it. We got to gotta give our first impressions. Yeah. Oh, man, how have I forgotten yeah. this? I'm already Tell starting to forget. Think. We're okay. getting old in the podcast. <laughs> it's been, you know, t- it's been 20... Two weeks, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so I'll go first. Um, I've seen this movie a couple times before. I uh, I was very intrigued just from the trailer, the very first trailer. Hey, can I ask you about that? Do you remember what the trailer was like? Because I actually had a thought about the trailers, like because my memory is that the trailers are very, um, like not what the movie ends up being. Well, for sure, I remember. Like, it seems like a comedy, just like a straight comedy about like a workplace, like a weird, surreal workplace comedy, like office space, maybe like adjacent kind of thing uh, mixed with like being John Malkovich. Like That's kind of the vibe I remember feeling when I saw the trailers. I don't have a good memory of what the trailers actually like, but that's 100 percent what I remember as well. Like, I just remember hearing the like white people voice thing and like seeing the office shots and everything. I had no fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, gonna go I didn't know that it, it was going to be this like anti-capitalist like tale. You know, not yeah, exactly. Same. I yeah. knew that there was comedy and surrealism and satire, 
uh, but I didn't know like what the extent of the message would be or ultimately how crazed it gets by the end. Like it really does a good job of, of masking, of making you interested without giving you the, giving it away, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty effective trailer. Yeah. Because mm. I, I was, I was very intrigued by it without really knowing what it was about. So I think that was a pretty hard thing to pull off. You know, a lot of the times you go to see a, a, a film and you watch the trailers and, and it's, you basically know every single thing that's happened in the film uh, yeah. by the time you're done watching it. And it's sort of like, I don't know. I, I, I like the a, good moments. Yeah. I like a trailer that's, that leaves a little something, uh, you know, that, that leaves you intrigued and wanting to, to actually experience the film instead of being like, oh, okay, I watched the mini version. Now I'll, you know, move on to the, the big version. Exactly. Yeah. It was so many, mm-hmm. so many trailers just give away the whole movie for the most part. Yeah. Um, but I, I've tried to recommend this film to lots of people. And um, I think it's a really uh, amazing social commentary. It's funny. It's like very real in a lot of the things that it, uh, that it takes on. Um, mm-hmm. It's, batshit in a good way uh it's extremely creative and you know it's definitely a first film which is also part of its charm Mm -hmm. um i i really enjoy it i think it's a a very uh unique unique film Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right daily what you got uh this was my second time watching it um and I didn't remember the twist at first. Like I, I just, you know, it's been a long time. It's, I literally haven't seen it since it came out. Uh, so it's been four years and I just kind of had forgotten the twist. I don't know how I forgot it. I think what I did is I separated the movie into two movies. And I thought mm-hmm. like once the twist happened, like in my head, I had, I thought that was a different movie, I think <laughs> for some reason, or like, it just like, separated yeah. it from the beginning of the movie, you know? Like, low-key, it does kind of feel like two movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, it does just kind of, like, yeah. stick together. It's got a very <laughs> harsh tonal switch uh, mm-hmm. at a certain mm-hmm. point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, and then, like, an hour in, it hit me, like, like, oh, I remember what happens. And, like, it's like once the party scene, like, once they get to the party, I'm like, oh, I remember <laughs> everything now. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think this movie is incredible. It's such an amazing standout role for Lakeith Stanfield, who's one of my favorite like modern working actors. Um, I can't wait for the new season of Atlanta as well. That's like this month in this in March. I'm pretty sure. Uh, nice. And I love him in this. What's the? God. is it tessa thompson yeah tessa thompson is incredible as well and yeah she's just, very very amazing the the whole crew and cast is just it really well good. yeah you get you get these surprising little uh cameos too by rosaria dawson who is the voice of the elevator and forrest mm-hmm. whitaker who is the voice of a character that you meet later in the film oh yeah uh, i i, I mm-hmm. not to spoil I yeah yeah, say, yeah. But. i i truly love uh the use of ADR, you know, and like, yeah, yeah, and like David how Cross and Patton Oswald because the movie, like, it, it makes you be like, is anyone's voice real? You know, like, you're like, 
like yeah. characters that you don't know, you know, necessarily like the actor, mm. you're like, is that like, like, like when is a voice being switched out, you know? And uh, it, I, I love that. Um, and they don't, it's not like, I don't know. It's, it's subtle enough, you know, it's subtle mm-hmm. enough. They don't, they don't, uh, they just, it just happens, you know, they don't explain it. Right. In a way, like it just mm-hmm. it just happens, and you don't necessarily expect it, uh, especially when you see the. It was like they announced who's in the movie before it came out, you know. So it's like, and and it's in the trailer too, I guess. Uh, but like, yeah, I don't know. I love that element of the movie. I think it's great. Um, yeah, the twist is like so anxiety inducing, and then the rest of the movie, you're like your palms are sweating. You know, Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but you know Eminem opened a pop-up like Mom's Spaghetti shop? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, damn. Uh, in Detroit. Yeah, in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, that's anyways, funny. that's my first impression. I love it. I loved it when I first saw it. I loved it this time, too. Cool. Uh, Abby? Um, This movie's fucking wild. <laughs> <clears throat> it's so weird. It's so unique and it's so like in your face and intense, but it's also like, I think like a great metaphor for kind of like exploring like racial bias and capitalist ambitions. Um, And, you know, I, I think, I think it's extremely creative, like the, the desk dropping through into like, real time with like the person on the other end of the phone call or like the, the earrings made a big statement. It's like certainly something I take away from it that, you know, I'm going to think about when I see like, you know, political statement earrings or something Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I feel like I see that shit a lot. Um, I think it's, I think it's very creative. Like I, I had no fucking idea it was going to go the direction it did. It really blew my mind and I've never seen anything like it. I thought it was casted super well. I thought the voice acting was amazing. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't watch it sooner, honestly, but, um, I think it's an incredible film. Like I, I had a, a very good first impression from this, and I'm excited to get into the plot. Plot, plot, plot. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, I just wanted to say something I I meant to say earlier is uh, another point that I that really struck me was having spent some time in Oakland. Uh, oh the yeah. Setting really uh, works so well for this film. Mm-hmm. Um. Just if you've ever been there, you've gone there, uh, there's just uh, like an arresting amount of homelessness on every yeah. street corner. People living uh, in tents and in RVs. And uh, that really like comes through the message of the film, like being set there and seeing, you know, people living in their cars and and this in this uh, environment where it's kind of post it, it's a. Uh, near future apocalyptic capitalism where people I mean, are that's like where the idiocracy influence comes in for me yeah is like yeah. the that the backdrop of society uh mm-hmm. it's like i feel like this society like this reality could lead is like what 
is like before idiocracy. You know what I mean? Is idiocracy is a little bit further in the future? Yeah, I could see. So that. like, I could mm-hmm. see this being like the same like reality or timeline. You know, that is going towards where idiocracy ends up. Mm. Uh, yeah, but it was it was I really cool that. to see the 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 beauty and the horror of somewhere like Oakland being displayed and and. I thought it made for a really great backdrop for this film. Mm-hmm. For sure, I agree. Um, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Like I knew it was like filmed in Oakland, but I didn't even like. I remember going to Oakland and, you know, driving around a lot and seeing, like, I don't know, like the same type of buildings, and it it is it is an interesting area um it is interesting um especially given the you know the the story happening yeah um should i just jump into it yeah let's just get right into the plot here uh so we have our main character. His name is Cassius or Cash Green, which is, you know, kind of a funny, funny name. I think given this film, Cash Green. Um, oh, yeah. He's, we open up, he's like, you know, in a job interview for like a telemarketing position. Um, you know, he, he gets the job. Uh, he's like struggling to pay rent. He lives in his uncle's garage. His uncle's name is Sergio. And oh, and like he li- fucking that casting too. Like, Terry come Cruz. on, yeah, Terry, Terry Crews is like <laughs> so good in that role. I, I put Terry Crews in more shit, man. Come on, just put yeah. him in everything. I I liked his character in this. I thought it was funny. He's really good at what he does. Yeah, he's really good. And. So yeah, like Cash and his girlfriend named Detroit, who wears these like you know big political statement earrings that we've been mentioning. Um, they live together in Sergio's garage, and they're like struggling to pay rent. Apparently, Sergio's like four months behind on paying his mortgage, and he's like they're gonna take the house. And um, anyways, Regal View is the name of the telemarketing company that Cash is now working for, and. He's like having trouble with customers and then his like the his like an older coworker his name is Langston in this he's like sitting next to him and he you know kind of teaches him to use his white voice and just kind of adopt this like affluent like worry-free persona on calls and um they like literally use like a white person voiceover, like on yeah. you know over and what they're saying. Uh, David Cross is Lakeith Stanfield's yeah. uh, voice, and the other character you're talking about, what's his name again? That's Danny Glover is the actor. And, uh, well, yeah, but the uh, oh yeah, the what's the character? Who, who name? does his older man voice? Oh, I don't know who did his voice. It sounded like Steve Buscemi to me, but I okay. really don't know who it is. I don't know who did his voice. But it's um, a lot of comedians, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, he's like kind of skeptical at first about using his like white person voice, but then he's like, 
he does it and he, you know, actually becomes pretty successful. And Cash has a coworker who we meet named Squeeze. They like, you know, Squeeze kind of talks about like forming a union and kind of recruits Cash and Cash kind of gets Detroit to get the same job. And then their friend Sal has the same job. Um, Not in that order, I guess. They all end up working for this telemarketing company. And Squeeze kind of forms a union recruiting them to, like, you know, protest against the company. And Cash participates in this protest that happens at work. And he's kind of anticipating that he's going to get fired. And instead of firing him, they promote him to what's called like a power caller, which is like you take a gold elevator to the second floor or whatever the next floor up is from their telemarketing office. You have to take the stairs to or whatever. It's like, and the elevator is weird. The elevator is classist. Yeah. It's like talking you up the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, Cash gets we, promoted. We see to, that elevator in like the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. he like sees it, yeah. and there's like a little bit of like intimidation or or like just kind of intrigue, curiosity. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, he gets promoted to this elite power caller position. They kind of like, you know, he has a conversation with his like older coworker friend. Um before this where he they're like kind of wondering what they sell upstairs you know what i mean like if if they're selling you know whatever on this on this regular telemarketer floor like what the hell are they selling on the power caller floor that's making them so wealthy and like you know anyways in the luxurious power caller suite um, Cash is kind of led by another power caller. They like literally bleep his name out. It's like Mr. Beep. And he was like, or you can just call me Beep. <laughs> they even like word um, in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So I just ca- I'm just gonna call him Mr. Blank. Mr. If Blank. I recognize yeah. him. Mr. Beep. <laughs> yeah. And right away, Mr. Beep, Mr. Blank, he's like. He's like, on this floor, you always use your white voice. And, you know, Cash kind of learns that uh, Regal View is maybe a little secretly selling, like, military arms and weapons in addition to just, like, cheap labor for a corporation or I guess like from a corporation called worry free, which like that concept of like having telemarketers for like arms dealing is like, it's so ridiculous and like it's satirical. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's it's really funny, but it's fucked up, you know? And the other concept of having uh, worry free being this corporation that, you live, they give you a place to live and food, and then you work for free because you have housing. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And they also and make a reality show of you- out of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think you're like also like relieved of your debt mm-hmm. or something. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And that, that seems to be between 
protesting and the game show and um the the uh, reality show just like yeah, yeah and yeah it seems that seems to be the only things like playing on TV on TVs yeah, yeah. when they're flipping through in this which, movie, which that's kind of funny uh that's another like idiocracy thing I feel like yeah oh there was the show in idiocracy called Al my balls yeah uh, exactly which is so almost just exactly gets hit in like, the balls all the time yeah, yeah and this one's uh <laughs> What's this one called? I got the it's, shit uh, kicked out of me or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> because like, um, it's like they, they get beat up and then they have to go into like a poo tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's very, it's very depressing. Wild. It's, it's, it, it it's really depressing. is. It's like yeah. not necessarily the kind of stuff you want to watch, but no, it's like, you know, Taking it to extreme extremes. It's it's mm-hmm. really just. Uh, I mean, to me, it's just a commentary on the exploitive nature of like reality television and stuff like that. You know, people yeah. love shows where people get hurt. You know, like uh, yeah. most extreme elimination challenge. You know, like uh, or um, you know, what's that? Uh, hold. Oh, I mean, America's that show uh, Hold greatest like, home videos or whatever. It's like yeah, America's greatest home videos. Yeah. Exactly. Just people getting hit in the balls all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Gets old. And then like babies laughing. That's yeah. like all right. it is. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Or like animals doing weird things. Right. That show was on all the time for some I reason. I watched it every morning before school. I remember. I was, uh, <laughs> I would wake up it because at like 6 a.m., they would show Saved by the Bell on like oh, Nickelodeon nice. or something, like, or yeah. on Disney or something. I don't know. Some, some channel. Like I bef- think it was Nickelodeon. Yeah, Nickelodeon. Like, but because they did Nick at Night too, so like basically mm-hmm. Nickelodeon was like before and after their programming would be like reruns of old show, old sitcoms. Yeah, and like that's where I watched like all I Saved by the Bell for the most part, and uh, and then I transitioned to waking up and watching music videos, which we talked about on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's very fun. I I love just like casually. Putting on music videos. Yeah. Honestly. Also, something about like watching stuff, watching TV like early in the morning is just like this magical moment where it's like this stuff just isn't on yeah. the rest of the day. You know? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. It feels like not a lot of people are watching this yeah, right now. Yeah. It's like special. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just you and your TV. Just you and your TV. Yeah. Now it's, you know, now I just wake up and listen to podcasts. But yeah. Use your phone. Use my phone. <laughs> No, I've actually gotten um, really good about not doing that. I've it was like okay, what? Remember yeah. like was it like two years ago, three years ago? It was three years ago, I think. Remember when I was like I approached y'all and was like, hey, I can't look at Instagram anymore. Like and I uh, and yeah. I asked y'all to do all the uh AMPM stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. Um it was like I'm almost from, there myself. From that moment, that's like when I ever since then I've been so much better about about social media and, and using my phone and stuff and not just like Make Good. myself depressed. Nice. Yeah. I mean, other things Hell make yeah. me depressed now, but you know. Yeah, yeah, but it's nice if that's not <laughs> contributing. <laughs> at, to l- at least I'm in control <laughs> of this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I feel like I'm getting to the point where I'm really gonna have to start managing it a lot, and it kind of that thought overwhelms me. Yeah, it is overwhelming because it's like breaking uh, habits. It's not easy. Yeah, exactly, and just kind of like posting things I wouldn't normally post using like, it for work more and yeah, yeah exactly yeah that's basically what I did is I just changed my mindset to where this isn't like this is a work thing and not a uh, 
like entertainment. No. Well, yeah, speaking of work things, personal. I don't want to cut you guys off, but let's uh, talk about the work <laughs> that is. Sorry to bother you. I'm sorry. You know we got it. We got to yeah, go on tangents no, I was, sometimes. I was about to jump back in and, you know, just kind of... This is what the what we just did. That's what people are here for. They don't care about the movie. They just want to hear us talk. Yeah. I, so, <laughs> I guess another thing about um, Worry Free, this corporation that is housing and providing work and relieving debt for all these people they're you know kind of housed in factories and like legally binded to contracts like where they're essentially providing slave labor is like what they're accused of on like uh news media in this movie and cash is like initially uncomfortable with the job but you know, he's really celebrated at work and he's like offered a lot of money. So, you know, just like getting a, a like a flashy new car and like a new apartment and, you know, and, uh, paying does, off Sergio. Yeah, he helps his uh, uncle keep his house. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, you know, he he is swayed by the money. Yeah. And he's he's honestly killing it at his job you know, doing telemarketing on the phone and he kind of stops participating in the union push. And, you know, at some point Detroit quits her Regal View job, like after the union stuff started up to kind of like avoid. Because she's dating cash. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, um, you mentioned the apartment, but, uh, Michael? Yeah. Or you, Abby did? Abby did, yeah. Uh, the car yeah, and the he, he got a new car, new apartment. The, I feel like the apartment is like the turning point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like once the scene where they wake up together in the apartment and they're like, they have that argument. Is yeah, like the they're like not on the, the same page. Yeah. I mean, she says like, if you cross the picket line yeah. today, then we're done. And I mean, and then that's when he gets hit in the head, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's like so. the movie. No, it's like soon after that. But yeah. yeah. It's yeah, like right around that time. Uh, and that moment where they're like arguing in the morning, and then like in the middle of the argument, he starts arguing about the blanket. Like, you always, why do you need the whole blanket? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I thought that was so funny. He like falls off the bed yeah. trying to like whip it back from yeah, her. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> I think that is like the perfect example of like how they interject the comedy, like even mm. once it gets like really serious, you know? Because yeah. the music swells, like there's about to be this big fight, but then it 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 uh, subsides w- when it's just like him being a fucking child, you know, about the blanket. You yeah. Know? And I guess it's like also important to mention that like Detroit, even though she quit her job, she is secretly participating in mm-hmm. the Left Eye faction, which is, I think, just like a play on like leftist. Like kind of liberal political POV, or uh, Le- um, Lisa Left Eye Lopez from uh, TLC. Yeah, I know. Actually, I'm, that, that was just a, a a joke. I'm sorry. That's kind of funny. I like <laughs> didn't even make that connection. That is kind of funny. But like, yeah, it's like a, an anti worry free activist movement. Um, the Left Eye faction. Mm-hmm. But anyways. She, yeah, she gives Cash an ultimatum. She's like, you know, if you cross the picket line, I break up with you. She broke up with him because he did. And, you know, 
she thinks that his like immoral job has changed him and he kind of insists that he has the right to be proud about his success because he's like worked really hard to come here and like you know like financial security is seems ideal seems like what he needed and he goes to I I don't know if I mentioned this, but Detroit is an artist and like a sign twirler and she's having an art show and performance. Um, Cash shows up to it. He was not invited, but he shows up anyways. And during this scene, she uses like a white voice of her own. Excuse me. Um, And Let's see. I think it was this same night that Cash went to like the 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 founder or the CEO of uh, Worry Free. His name is Steve Lift. Yeah, it's after he goes to Detroit's uh, art art show. Yes, but it was earlier this day, actually, that he was walking into work and someone threw a yeah. can of cola at his yeah. head. That all happens because he, he had it. Yeah. He had like his head wrapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that kind of became like a meme, and I, then they started selling like afros with cans stuck on them. And it was and, like, like all every, white people like, wearing them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like all of the protesters started wearing them, and. You know, but before well, we get to that point, that's like way late. That's 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 a ways away. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get there, um, so he's got his head wrapped, you know, in a bandage. It's like you know, seems to keep bleeding, like as the night goes on. Yeah, and he goes to the worry-free party hosted by CEO Steve Lift, and he's kind of like, talked into rapping. He just, like, Steve, like, assumed he could rap, so, like, put him on the spot, and he, like, couldn't. So... I mean, yeah, it's, like, super racist, because it's, like... It's, it's super racist. It's all white people. And yeah. then the two... Like, it, what, him and the other guy from the job are the only black mm-hmm. people there. Mr. Blank. Mr. Blank. Mr. Beep. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's... in like, you see little glimpses of Mr. Beep, like, being, like, man, I hate that he's going, it has to go, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, even though he's like, he's doing the same thing, he like knows how fucked up it is. Yeah, he even like uses his actual voice. It's later in the entire time. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, there's, there's predominantly white guests. Um, Steve Lift kind of pulls Cash away into a private meeting and offers him. He sends Mr. Beep to, to tell him to come down. Yeah. And it's like it's yeah. like at the it's kind of like the end of the party. Everyone's like fucking now. And it you get that dolly yeah. shot like down the hall where everyone's fucking. And he's kind of sitting in a chair, yeah. like looking like like fucked. Yeah. Honestly. Well he like, probably he, has a concussion. Rough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the other thing is like I wonder how much of it is meant to be implied that like it's like it was like you could I, someone could look at this movie and be like, oh, once he gets hit in the head with the can, he's like knocked out and this is all like in his head or some shit yeah but like because that's when it really goes like uh, to the uh beyond like, the pale beyond the pale yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's like bleeding from his like wound. At this oh, moment for days. Also. Like he wears the bandage yeah. for like a couple days or more I, than that. I think for the rest of the film, like until like the very end, yeah, until, and you yeah, just see like yeah, a cut. Yeah. But um, which is another like surreal element. Like like there's yeah. like even down to little things like that. Like, there's it's like all surreal. Yeah, I feel like it confuses the timeline a mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. You know, just having the bandage on for a while. And it gets nastier and nastier. Yeah. yeah. One of totally. the, uh, well, after he gets covered in shit is when he doesn't have it on anymore because mm. you see him on the rest of the news programs and then you just yeah. see like the, the cut. Yeah. Uh, but one of the visual surreal things that I really liked was he has uh, throughout the movie this picture of his father that he takes to work and puts up. Yeah. Yes, Michael. And it cha- yeah. it's yes. always changing. Like It reacts. His, it reacts to where he's at in the film. So, as he's getting further into this like corporate capitalist environment, uh, his father's picture is becomes becomes more and more disapproving. It's like that. thumbs down and like yeah. a frown. Like I, I like how it, it's funny. You know what I mean? Like it serves two yeah. pur- pur- purposes. It's a joke, but it's also like this like cool surreal element too. And it's a little piece of the character. Like yeah, that, you it, know, he has this emotional connection to the idea of his father and. I think it's a really uh, well-written and effective narrative device. Yeah. But anyway. Where were we? Where were we? Uh, audio listeners, uh, the podcast did not pause. Uh, we are still here. Don't worry. Uh, we are just catching up. Abby, yeah, where I are we? didn't get a lot of that, but oh I'm no, sure did I you freeze out? <laughs> it it was like very stuttery, and then okay, you know, okay. we kind of skipped the conversation, and now yeah. we're here. Okay, on my all right, end. all right, all right. Sounds good. Abby, Abby's um, connection got a little unstable. We're still here. Everyone's yeah. here, and let's continue. So, Steve Lift offers cash, like you know. A, a white powdery swirl on a plate with a horse on it, which, which looks like cocaine. I did not notice. Like the first time you watch the movie, you don't think anything about the horse on the plate. I I noticed it and I was like, that's kind of silly. Yeah, you, but, <laughs> but like you don't think it's gonna go where it goes when you no, see the plate. Absolutely, like you just like, no. oh, that's a funny horse plate. You know, like you yeah, don't th- exactly. really think about it. That it's way. like a goodwill plate. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, he like snorts it up. He thinks it's coke, and as far as we know, it's coke. And anyways, um, Steve is like trying to make him a proposal, and he's like, "Let me show you this movie." And Cash is like, "I really gotta pee." And Steve is like, "Okay, like fine, whatever. Like go pee. It's the Jade Door." And he like goes down the hallway, and he opens up a green door, which you think would be <laughs> this Jade. joke is really funny too. Yeah, and he's, like, looking for the bathroom, and there's someone in the stall who's, like, I need help. Like, can you help me? And Cash's, like, no. And he's, like, please, I really, I'm really I'm in pain. Like, it hurts. Yeah, that's what he said. And he kind of discovers this entire bathroom is full of stalls of, like, shackled half-horse, half-human hybrids who are, like, begging him for help. And he's freaked out. He runs out. He pissed himself. Um, Lyft is like explaining that 
worry free. He, he was like, the video will explain it. Like if you would have seen the video, you wouldn't have even been scared. And he yeah. like makes him watch this video with this like caveman, cave woman claymation thing. That's like really absurd. And this is where the uh, Michelle Dongri uh, joke For sure. happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of explains their plans to make their worry-free workers stronger and more obedient and more profitable by transforming them into hybrid equisapiens. That's the word. Yeah. Through snorting a gene-modifying powder that looks a lot like Coke, and then suddenly Cash is like, what the fuck did I just, what the, What did you give me? And, you know, he's like, fears that he just ingested this substance that he's talking about. It's going to turn him into a horse. And and Lyft is like, no, that was definitely like 100% Peruvian. And he's like, but what? And finally he's like, yeah, that was cocaine. And he like offers him on this like handwritten note, like a very silly hand drawn, like $100 million. It was like, yeah, yeah it was $100 million. million to, which is like for him to become an, it's, it's like, no, I was just going to say, it's like not a contract. Like the, the, the way they, they show it and it's like a smiley face as the signature. And it's like a joke. It's yeah. like, it's so obvious. Like this is even if you agree to it, he's not going to pay you this money. No, absolutely yeah. not. And then he was like, oh, like, basically, I'm just going to turn you into a horse human <laughs> for five years. And then you can take this serum that turns you back he, into human. And he calls it and like special. It, he like says, he says, absurd. five years, you come back, we give you the special sauce serum. And and then and Lakeith <laughs> yeah. Samuel's like, special sauce? That shit doesn't even sound real. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he basically wanted him to be the MLK Jr. of the Equestra uh, Equisapiens. Which is Sorry. which is and we said Equestronauts uh, that's from a, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting the MLK uh like direction that 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 Bootsy or Boot oh my god Michael why'd you do this Sorry. to me? Whiskers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You you had your first whiskers moment. Uh I did. Uh, but the 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 thing that Boots Riley writes into this moment is like the because people have have had discussions of MLK being like controlled and like being a plant and you know what yeah. I mean that's like a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory uh, and sure. I think that's what this is like referencing in this moment. I, I'm not saying I, I believe that. I'm just just saying people have those talks. I think you you could be right about that, but I feel like also part of it is just like a satire on. Yeah, just well, like, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think I'm just saying. I think that's the influence for that reference. He's mm-hmm. he he's basically saying that might be the reference might be in there, but even if you don't know about that, he's just saying you're going to be the black leader of the yeah. Equisapiens. Yeah, to basically manage them and keep them right. in line and act as you know, a false revolutionary figure because he'd be working for worry free. That's why I bring that up because it is because of that reason. Yeah. 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 But it's like playing on the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just, I I also want to comment on how amazing the tension and comedy is balanced in this moment, because it's like becoming a horror film 
or like a thriller at the same time keeping the jokes. Like the jokes don't stop. Yeah. And it, it's, that a, it's is, a bit it, of a dark humor. It's really know? impressive. Like, I think that balance yeah. is really well done because I was like on the edge of my seat and scared, like, both times I watched it, even mm. the second time, knowing what happens, I was still scared and like in suspense. So I think it, I, mm. I would, I would just want to say how effective uh, the movie becomes at this point. For sure. For sure. It is really ramping up. Cash, the next morning, he discovers he dropped his phone where he encountered the Equisapiens who recorded like a plea for help and sent it to Detroit. And Detroit was like, yeah, you sent me this this video and I didn't open it because I figured it'd probably be rude. Well, and- it's because it's, it's the same moment where he's like asking people if his dick's gotten bigger. <laughs> he yeah, goes to his doctor yeah. and then he goes to he's trying Detroit. to figure out if yeah. he's turned into an equisite he's turning into an equisite yeah. and she's like you could have just asked me if your nostrils get bigger <laughs> yeah yeah so that's and why she thinks it's a booty call yeah or part sure. of the reason yeah and so yeah he's like well let, let me see it and then they watch it and it's like you know the equisapiens just like like kind of pleading for help. Yeah. And then and he has like a panic attack and like, yeah. Yeah. And then the people that are working for Steve lift, like come in and they kind of like, you know, put them back in their stalls. And then you see Steve lift himself. And he's like, he's like, if y'all don't get back in line, I'm going to turn you into glue or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, um, cash is like, I gotta like tell people about this. He tries to call like, some kind of journal to talk about it and it didn't go anywhere. So he, he kind of like took advantage of his infamy as a meme with like the can hitting his Mm -hmm. head. And this is the point where, you know, people are making their own cola can wigs and like wearing them. And, and, and and like, um, because like he tries to just like straight up, like get the story out and they didn't believe him. Exactly. And that's what, that's so he, why he's like, oh, I'm going to leverage this other thing that I'm popular Exactly. Yeah. So he calls that television show. It's actually called I Got the Shit Kicked Out of Me. Yeah. And basically, he's like, I'm the guy that had the Coke can hit my head. Um, what I forget what it's called. It's like... Oh, uh, Have a Coke Bitch or something like that? Yeah, it's like Have something a Cola like on that. Me Bitch. Or oh, yeah, Have a Cola like, on Me Bitch. Yeah, Something like that. It's like a play on the whole... Uh, the Oh, Pepsi like thing. Share a Coke? No, it's like... it's the. I thought it was like the Share a Coke I thing. think it's Share a Coke and it's the thing with the... What's her name? Uh, the... What was the big thing with the commercial, the pop singer? Britain? Oh. Or the... Not the pop, pop singer. singer. No, you're talking about uh, Kendall... Kendall Jenner. Right? Kendall Jenner, yes. And the Pepsi thing. It's like yeah. both of those things combined. What's the it's Kendall like Jenner Pepsi thing? It was like... It's like all this protest shit's going on and she just comes up and gives like the police a Coke or some shit. I oh can't my god! It's like, yeah. it's oh, really Pepsi. like offensive yeah. and stupid and like... It is very fucked up. Like, gross. Especially given the time that it was So this yeah. was like summer out. 2020? It was like very fucked up. Yeah, there was a yeah. lot of fucking backlash for it. Oh, maybe. Okay, yeah. I guess this was before that, but oh, yeah. never mind then. Yeah, this was definitely before that, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like yeah, kind of I felt feel like, like when it was a two play years, too, but. yeah, 
I feel like if enough time passes by, like I have a very like vague idea of the timeline <laughs> at all. Yeah, I know what honestly. you mean. Me too. Um, but yeah, Cash kind of takes advantage of this like um, infamy as a meme, and he goes on this very popular television show. I got the shit beat out of me or kicked out of me, <laughs> and he talks them into playing a clip but it's conditional that he first like gets the shit kicked out of him and then he has to be like covered in shit he is mm-hmm. going to the shit tank is what they say so he you know kind of endures these humiliations and then the video plays and it kind of spreads the word about worry freeze cruelty but the plan kind of backfires because it like no one gives a shit one two the equisapiens are kind of hailed as like a groundbreaking scientific advancement and there's like a cult that kind of like worships Steve Lift for like developing and worry free stock like reaches like an all time high and it just like seems like everything's working against him. Kind of. Did it make you think that that was all part of Steve Lift's plan for, uh, for Cash? Like, yeah, kind of. He, he I feel knew like- that this was going to kind of. Uh, turn into like a, a PR bonanza for his company. For sure. I feel like at that moment, I was thinking, honestly, no matter what he decides, I feel like it's only going to help the company. Just like right. getting that like exposure in the media of some mm-hmm. sort, you know, kind of reminds me of like what uh, Chris Jenner, <laughs> she was talking about like, um, uh, Jesus, I am like blanking on all their names on um, Kim Kardashian's like sex tape. And she was like, you know, as her mother, I was disappointed as her manager. I thought it was like a great PR stunt is like kind of what she said. And I, I kind of feel like this, this could have been a, a little, play I don't know, it, it, yeah, it just yeah. kind of made me think about just like, you know, pulling a stunt to get a lot of money to get a lot of attention. Yeah. Uh, going back to the, to the uh, Kendall Jenner thing that we talked about just a second ago, mm-hmm. I looked it up and that happened in 2017. So, oh, okay. oh my God. Okay. Wow. That was so long ago. Yeah. I think it was definitely uh, like part of the influence for that. Um, taking yeah. place. And I think they even say that in the film. I can't remember exactly, but I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that that name gets brought up. Okay. Yeah. But we, uh, Daily, we're also talking about, uh, Abby brought up a good point about how, uh, well, I was talking about how did you get the feeling that um, Steve Lift uh, once once uh, Cash takes the news out and it only makes uh, his business grow. It only ma- like it makes the the uh, oh yeah worry free stock prices skyrocket. I, I thought I, I felt like this is Steve Lift's plan from the beginning. Yeah, um, I think even like yes, that is definitely part of it. I think. His what he says about making him the MLK, I think that's still what he's doing. To be completely honest with you, yeah. yeah. And I don't. Hundred million had nothing to do with it. Yeah, no. That's why it's a joke. That's why it's like a just the number with a smiley just face, hand yeah. drawn, yeah, on yeah. a piece of paper like a kindergarten. You got to remember, like he's high up. too. You know what I mean? Like he's like yeah. off a bunch of coke too. So he's doing some right, silly right. shit. 
Yeah. Um, so at this point, Cash kind of reunites with friends and apologizes to them, and they kind of rally the union in a final stand against Regal View. And he remembered watching one of the guards in the Equisapian video, like typing in a code. So he Cash uses that like same code to um He also goes and has lunch with uh his coworker his his like ex coworker or his like other yeah, coworkers his, friend, his, his friends his friends really yeah uh, and they reunite yeah make, he's like apologizing and, and yeah and he's yeah. saying like I need your help in yeah. this uh effort that I for this plan of. yeah yeah mm-hmm. which is really yeah, cool goes, I love uh I love that Cassius gets to have the moment of redemption uh regardless of how the movie ends I won't say anything uh and <laughs> I, I, I love that moment. I really love because like we're, you know, Cassius is kind of the audience surrogate along with the main character in this film. Uh, and I think that it's really cool to see someone like be radicalized uh, effectively, you know, like in, in the yeah, movie. Uh, for sure. And like realize the exploitive nature of what's going on. Um, I think it's, a, mm-hmm. it's important to the message of the film and it's important to making the movie not just an entertaining movie, but a um, a true commentary on like labor and capitalism and and, and racial biases in the workplace. Uh, mm. And I think it's one of those movies that a lot of people should should see. You know, for sure. I feel like it covers like multiple perspectives of that predicament as well yeah for sure oh i wanted to go back to the uh rap thing actually with at the okay. party um mm-hmm. yeah. and like what he ends up rapping you know uh yeah and what what people respond to and then they repeat it back and that's like straight up yeah. a commentary on how white people go to like concerts and say that word along with the song and like have don't think it's wrong you know for sure. I actually remember I went to the Hangout Music Festival. Kendrick Lamar was headlining. I think this was like 2018 mm-hmm. or 19. And he like <gasps> invited like... You were there? Uh, I was fucking No there. way, I Abby. Actually, I had artist guest passes. That so was like, that I year. Go, I remember that year. That was that year. Oh yeah, my I God. I could go onto the beach where all the fucking artists were like doing their drugs and hanging out. And I like, I ran into so many people like, but I am. Yeah, I was there. He invited like a, like a femme person up and like a mask person up and basically like wanted them to rap this particular song that use the n-word a lot and they were a white person yeah so like i'm pretty sure i don't remember in what order like if the guy or the girl went first i really don't remember i just remember the guy he was i didn't he was definitely not black but i didn't think he was white either i think he was like a brown person but he still like refrained from saying the n-word right yeah but this white girl that he invited on stage Mm -hmm. This they started going through the song and right away she was just like throwing the like inward and he they like stopped the song. Yeah, they got Kendrick her off Lamar stage. I was like, should yeah. I kick her off stage? 
Well, no. He let her go again. <gasps> and she did the same fucking shit. She and did not understand at all what she did she wrong. She did not understand. And she was like from Gulf Shores, Alabama, or like Mobile, yeah. Alabama, too. It was yeah. like really fucking cringy. I, was, I just remember like I was fucking screaming. Like I... I thought it was like so fucking just ridiculous. Like it was like so fucked up. That's wild that you were there. And like the cool, like, <laughs> like I love when life gives me little coincidences like this because I was literally yeah. last night watching a interview with JPEG Mafia and they were talking to like the dude interviewing and was talking to him about white people saying the N word it shows. And yeah. he brought up that incident. Dude, and then when I watched the movie wild. and I saw the scene, I thought about that. And then you brought that up. It's yeah. like, it's wild. It is wild. That was a good festival overall, but that was like literally the last set, the last show, the God. biggest headliner closing out the fucking festival. And then it was uh, like, she went oh viral God. too. Dude. She's, she fucking she's going to have a like, rough the life. Next, the next day I like saw like all kinds of fucking videos about it. And I was like, are you serious? This is wild. She's like, this is going to be like, she's never going to be able to live it down. No, <laughs> you know, no. And maybe and in like 20 years, she may be able to have like a, a calm life. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but it's, it's, it's so fucked, but it's like... Well, she just can't know. be on the she, internet anymore, I guess. She's... Really? I feel like she's old <laughs> enough to fucking know. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're at a music on, festival, like, you should... <laughs> you're old enough to know. And he gave her another chance. He yeah. fucking gave her another... Which he did not have to do. Like, no. He, he said, y'all, should I kick her off the stage? And everyone was booing yeah, her. Yeah. And he let her go again. Oh. Okay, back to the story. <laughs> I but that, but that, I that was a good tangent. That, that was a good tangent. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, there's no, uh, like, nobody gets reprimanded for it in the film. No. They're no. all just like, so that's the Army Hammer's house. Well, and he's yeah. insisting that he's, that he's just insisting that he rap, even though he says, like, that's not a thing that I do. Yeah. And, and he's, like, he, not good at it either. That's, that's like, no, it's so yeah, racist. when he's, like, actually trying to rap. Right. He doesn't care. He's not good at it. He, like, he does that out of this moment of desperation that enlivens literally, like, 40 white people into saying it. And <sighs> it's uh, just, like, incredible commentary. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like, when it would show Steve, he didn't seem amused. No, no, that's one of the moments where, where, yeah, where, yeah. Or no, no, no. He was like, no, he was, he wasn't um, maybe amused. But he was just standing there. No, he, he's kind of standing there. in that moment. He realized that that Lakeith was like, or uh, Cash was like the person he wanted for his plan. Yeah, that's what his his, like he, his reaction. He knew was. how yeah. to like sway a crowd. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's why he had that yeah. that yeah. look yeah. on his face. That's a that's a good perspective. Um. Anyways, he remembers the security code from this Equisapien video. Uses it to break into Lyft's house, and he goes to the picket line where before you see like Detroit and him kind of like setting up these like cement sculptures of people which kind of like draws a reference to her 
her art show, she had mm-hmm. like a bunch of mannequins or like people sculptures like in the windows. And Cash made a joke. He was like, well, if nobody shows up, it'll look like it, it was a full house or something like that. Anyways, they have all these concrete people figures like in front of this building. And the the you know, the police every day are like kind of escorting the power callers into the office. And basically they get to the concrete statues and they like a riot kind of breaks out because the police can't get through the barriers. There's like a, a team of like makeshift football players that kind of tackle all the cops. And there's like a full on riot. There's like smoke bombs. There's like baton smacking, like, like everywhere. It's just like, it's like honestly a fucking disaster. Um, but the, the Equisapiens, ultimately, they overpower them and free cash after he'd been detained in a in a. Do you realize van. why? He let them go when he was at the house taking the stone yeah, statues. Yeah. yeah, that was that was subtle. It was very subtle. I feel yeah, like yeah. I feel like it took this moment to kind of realize exactly. that's what happened yeah, because yeah. you're like, how? Was oh, they wait. save it? They don't show you it. Yeah. But then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it was and very like, subtle. There is this moment before he gets knocked out and put in the van where he's like, uh, now, and he blows the whistle. Yeah, yeah. You kind of expect yeah. them to show up, but they don't. Yeah. No, you're right. And then that's when he gets like beat with a baton and then put into mm-hmm. the back of a van. And then he's looking through a peephole and he's screaming for help. And then the Equisapiens come out and they're like kicking ass or, you know, whatever. And they free him and... Detroit and Cash kind of reconcile and later move back into Sergio's garage. I feel like it kind of like skimmed over, you know, the rest of that riot. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we kind of jump a bit here. Yeah. So yeah. we go to them living back in Sergio's garage. And then all of a sudden, Cash starts to grow horse nostrils it, it's so well timed it's like yeah. incredible because like you, you get this really great resolution you're like oh man cash hell yeah dude you're you redeemed yourself you're you're in gave it his maserati to his he gave his maserati away. Yeah. you're about to live this like amazing life like being super like uh you know, like, like realizing the realities of things and and stuff like that, yeah, like, and, and kind of knowing that he's doing the right thing, yeah, and, and like then, li- living and uh, doing things for a purpose, and then yeah. you fucking get that moment, and it blows your mind. It fucking hits you like a fucking brick, you know. Like it's so. I think good. that is the climax of the film. Oh, it's like, incredible! And then you get yeah. the great, like, you get the late, super late title card, or I guess. Is it a title card? Was there one earlier? I can't remember. Yeah, there's one earlier. Okay, so it's yeah, like, it's, it's the, I don't know credit. what it's called when they it's show it again. Post. <laughs> there's probably card. a name for it, but yeah. It's like the the post movie title card. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really good. It's amazing. And then like, they cut out of the title card back into uh, a little bit of resolution uh, and you get uh, some, Abby, I'll let you, I'll let you say it. So like later, 
fully transformed. He leads a mob of Equisapiens to Steve Lift's house and they break down the door. But what Netflix doesn't show <gasps> you is the horse dicks. Like, wait, it, there's like a little bit that they play in the credits. Oh, that like, I don't, I didn't see it. I just remember Lana mentioned something about it. They, they show like, you the wait. horse dick earlier. They do earlier, yeah. but they don't in the credit. Oh, sequence. okay. Like, Interesting. I, I don't know what Netflix's rules are about that kind of thing, mm. but and it was like, rated R. They're definitely in the part in the bathroom and the part at the van. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Why well, keep them out of the end credit? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's the end of the movie, though. Like, we kind of get left hanging on it's like so what good. happens oh, but it's also so it's they, like the, you you know yeah. what happens it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what happens also, after that. yeah yeah you also don't know what happens it's like these fucking equisapiens like what is what is going on <laughs> well right. i wonder if like we can assume that uh army didn't find the special sauce well like like what if steve well he wouldn't have found it till he broke in there well, yeah, we don't know, but I'm that's just probably why that that's part of why he's breaking in there is probably to try and find the. Oh, the, I think it's just term. to like exact revenge. I think this. it's both. I think it's yeah. both. But uh, I think it's a really great um, way to leave off the movie. And like, it's it's like it gives you like, you know, movies normally either are like give you complete resolution or they leave you hanging. And this movie does For both. Sure. And that's really cool. Yeah. I agree. It it does kind of do both in a weird way. It's like, it's so absurd. It's like, it kind of doesn't matter like what happens after that. Yeah. Because you know, this world is fucked either way. Like, yeah, for sure. Regardless of the act, the, because like the world doesn't change Cassius cash changes. Uh, and that's really cool. It's like really, because that's like what you want in a movie is like the arc of the main character. And, and like, that's what right. that's what the arc is. It, it the the world doesn't change really. Well, we we assume we we can't we assume, assume anything they got, about the world. We don't know. Yeah. There's this like uprising of the Equisapiens, but we don't know if that amounts to anything in terms of like changing the way. I mean, you do get like that. Uh, his friend says when he's giving them the car that he's going back to work at uh, Regal View. Which probably means uh, that they got their demands. Well, he says that. Yeah, that yeah. they got. Uh, they have a union now. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the world is changing. I don't know. I, I think the twist but, at the end implies that the world is not changing, but. Well, it did. It, it changed for cash. Yeah. But and then it I mean, changed again. Like it yeah. he changed his character and then literally changed forms into an equisapien. Uh, it's like karma. So, yeah. You know, it's like, it's, I feel like it's like a karmic thing that he ends up turning into it. Like at the end, like, even though yeah. it's like probably, it was planned for him to turn into it, you know, by uh, what's his name, Steve. Steve. Lift, yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, it probably didn't take effect at the moment that Steve thought it would, you know, and it was like a delayed reaction. Yeah. So Cash got to like have the character growth, but then the karma like caught up to him, and like he and then that karma yeah. catches up to Steve. Lift. Yeah, and then that karma catches up to Steve. Mm-hmm. Lift. Yeah. But 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 see the death of Steve Lift could be used as like a uh, martyrdom thing and like to influence all the people that like support because there's that group of people that think Steve Lift is like Jesus, right? Yeah. And all the people that are still living in the yeah uh, 
the whatever. So th- there could be people influenced to take his place and like continue his vision. And that's what I think what that's what I meant by uh the world doesn't change necessarily. Well, I guess that for that we'll have to find out and still sorry to bother you. Yeah, still sorry to bother you. Sorry to still bother you. No, 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 Michael, it would be sorry T W O bother you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to bother you. Yeah, sorry to bother you. Where we spend most of the movie with Equisapiens and and it's it's basically like Avatar. Right. Yeah. yeah. But with Equisapiens. <laughs> Which I, I just uh, love that this movie like like breaks down into this like B-horror movie thing at the end. It's just like so. Oh, camp. Camp is like all over this movie. Like it is yeah, so campy yeah. and I love mm-hmm. it. For sure. It's like it's like Michelle Gondry in like Troma and like yeah, Mike yeah. Judge like all combined. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I think that leads us into the review section since we're already kind of doing that. Daily, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 VHS tapes. <laughs> right off the bat. Right off the bat. I love this movie. Uh, I don't think anything y'all would say would change my rating, which it has in the past, you know. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I love it. I, I, I think what makes it a 10 for me is that it's the de- like the debut of this director and writer. Yeah, like the fact that this that. is his first like foray into like a Hollywood movie, and it's this good and this effective, and like already is such a classic, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like this movie is gonna be like people are gonna watch this movie for fucking ever, you know. Like this is totally uh, this movie's not gonna go. It's away. gonna be relevant for a long yeah, time. Yeah. I think uh, for sure. And I think it, it, it's yeah. I, I I don't have too much more to say because I've we I've said a lot, and I and it I just think it is incredible. It's an incredible feat of filmmaking and in cre- creativity, and uh, also has a, an amazing message uh, about labor and and race. And um, I think people should watch it. I really think if you haven't watched it and you've listened to our whole conversation, go watch it. Regardless of knowing the twist, I think uh, internalizing the message is really important. Uh, you should care about your labor and like where you work and like where you give your time. I know all three of us have worked worked jobs where uh, we don't feel like our time is respected and we feel taken advantage of. And a lot of people feel that way. Anyone that works in you know retail or service industry knows what that feels like and this movie is is uh you know kind of cathartic in a way you know mm-hmm. um and also it's sad but it's funny and it's a it's great sad, movie but they 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 lighten the mood with humor i guess yeah. uh so <laughs> yeah 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 vhs right. tapes cool all right abby what do you think of the film um I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say 10 out of 10. And that is also unbiased. I had that in my head from the beginning. Um, Because there's not a thing I'd change about it. Like, I think... I think everyone should watch it. That doesn't mean everyone's going to like it, necessarily. But, I mean, I think it's, like, important. And I think it's going to be relevant for a long time. I think it has a lot of important um, parallels, you know, to draw around 
you know, racism and capitalism and, you know, labor, like Daly was saying. Um, I think it's extremely well-made. It's very creative. You know, a lot of, a lot of the shots are, it, 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 I know we mentioned this earlier too. Like it, like it feels like two different movies. Like I feel like stylistically it's like, it's very, very unique. It's very cool. Um, it's, it's a one of a kind. Like, Mm -hmm. do, do y'all know if, um, Boots Riley has made other films yet? No. Yeah. Uh, There's, there's one in production called, uh, I'm a Virgo, I think. Hmm. But I don't really know anything about it yet. So it just says in in the IMDB section, just says in production. Okay. But as far as the other credits, they're just for soundtrack. Okay. uh, And, like music musical type things. Yeah. I'm curious to see. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I'm curious to see other works because I don't have much to compare it to. It it truly is one of a kind. And um, I think it's important. And I think it's like, you know, it's funny, but it's like very dark and very real at the same time with, with its fantasy and kind of surrealism. Uh, he did direct a music video in 2005. Okay. That appeared in a movie. Okay. But yeah. Hmm. Ah. Uh, yeah, ten, 10 out of 10, y'all. Dude, so he did a lot of the music in this movie. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, he. Oh, dude, look at this. He did uh, music for a Patton Oswalt uh TV documentary. Oh, and Patton cool. Oswalt's in this movie. Yeah. Patton Oswalt's so good. Dude. I love Patton Oswalt so much. For sure. Oh my God. He wrote two songs for Superbad. Oh, oh cool. shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my Favorite Mutiny and Pork and Beef are the two songs from Superbad. Hmm. Nice. That's super cool. And he wrote a fucking... He was... Uh, or he wrote... The uh, prankster rap in the Simpsons episode, uh, in a Simpsons episode hmm. in 2005 as well. That's wild. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. Boots Riley seems like a, a fucking really cool person. Like, like, it, it, like, a, like, I bet it'd be fun to just talk to that guy. Yeah. Seems like he's had I, such an interesting career. All right, I Boots, agree. if you're listening, uh, come on the podcast. Oh, my God. Please. I would love that. I also just wanted to say real quick, I think they did a really good job of kind of using Oakland and turning it into like a bit of an alternate universe and just kind of like throughout the movie, like there is like a a definite like progression of um, like intensity with the situation. I feel like as as the timeline of the movie moved forward, you saw more like tents on the streets. You saw more like camping. You saw more like protesting. You saw more just like poverty and kind of like, um, like, I guess like lower class, like rising up against, against the system. I, I think, I think, I think they just like utilized that like uh, location in a really unique way. For sure. Yeah. 
It's really good. It's it's another character, you know, in the movie. For sure. Um, Michael, what did you think? Let's get your review. I, yeah, I love this film. I um I think it, you know, in a satire dystopia because it it's very much a dystopian yeah. future mm-hmm. or even alternate reality. Uh that you you can really get away with doing a lot of social commentary. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why some of my favorite films are, you know, a bit more on the surreal side or satirical or, you know, a lot of science fiction. It's just these these comments on humanity and 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 life as we know it by by doing things that are over the top. And this movie does that so so well. It's it's like an amazing accomplishment as a writer for a first film and as a director. There's so many like wonderful visual things happening in it. Um, it's just incredibly artistic, uh, both like the way that the story unfolds and all the visual elements. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything bad to say about it except for, you know, there's, there's an element of being a student of film or whatever, and, and it feels like a first film, but there's no criticism that comes from that. Yeah. It's exciting that, it's this this accomplishment uh, for a first film, and uh, like I'm so excited to see what Boots Riley does after this. Yeah, um, I got to give it a ten out of ten as well. Oh, I think oh. it's I, th- I think it's uh, perfect. It's everything I want and didn't know I needed. Ah, uh, uh, incredible! For sure, for incredible. sure. <laughs> so much food for thought and. And levity and social commentary and like creative imagining of you know it, it, the horse thing is just perfect. Yeah. I can't believe that happened. It's like, <laughs> I know, dude. I know. Just uh, I love where this goes. You, you never expect that. And you know, again, I've said this before on the podcast, but anytime I can get taken for a ride in a film, I absolutely love it. Uh, and the first time seeing this, I had no clue. <laughs> where it was going yeah. to go. And yeah, same. Yeah. It's just an unpredictable thing that uh, it it is extremely effective. I, I love it. 10 out of 10. Is this our and, second uh, or third perfect score? <sighs> I, I know I we gave Howl's Moving sure. Castle a perfect score. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I honestly can't think of any other films. We got close with Homecoming. Yeah, I yeah. think we got close with like do the right thing as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think this the math on this one is easy. That gives us a average score of ten out of ten. Yay! I will say there were even like several people replying to my story that was kind of promoting this podcast and this oh, cool. stream on Twitch. I had several people commenting saying that this was their favorite movie and that it was perfect and that it was so good. That's awesome. Um, which is oh, very yeah. interesting, especially as a first-time viewer for me. Yeah. If uh, if you're one of those people, we'd love to hear from you. Drop a comment in the post about it on Friday or jump in the YouTube comments or uh, jump in Twitch next week. you're still watching the Twitch stream. Yeah. Yeah, if you're still here right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, this has been a really fun episode so far. Totally. 
Um, so I guess we're yeah, if you in the what's well, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was Max, just going to say, if you haven't seen it, it's up on Netflix. I think it mm-hmm. literally just dropped this week. So you have plenty of time wow, to check it out. Really? Yep. Yep. What uh, a perfect wow. timing. What a perfect yeah. timing. Yeah. Why so perfect timing? Uh, oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> try, uh, try and look that video up. You can't yeah, find it. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, go check it out, and uh, you won't be sorry. Or if you are, then fuck you. Yeah, um, then we're sorry to bother you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, All right. What's so, up? What's up, y'all? I, yeah, well, okay, I have a... What's up segment. I feel like I always recommend the up, What's Up segment, so feel free to veto this. But uh, I would love to talk about our gig this weekend and our and the artist we're working with, Abby. Oh, totally. So this weekend we are shooting um, really like a art show opening for a very good friend, Manya Nikod. Um, she specializes in like textiles and fabric and weaving. And um, she has a show, you know, featured in one of the art crawl galleries this Saturday. And we're in Nashville. Be- Nashville Art Call. In Nashville, yeah. And we're going to be... It's called... The show is called Interwoven, but we're going to be... That's a great name. Totally. Um, we're going to be filming not only um, pieces featured in the show, but a performance. It's like a 15-minute performance um, that'll be really fun. And I'm excited to see what that looks like and you know hear what that sounds like. And I'm, you know, always excited to work with her. Her work is incredible. It's fascinating. It's impressive. And truly, you know, we go way back. We we've been friends since you know the beginning of high school, basically. So, um, it's it's fun to see how she has evolved as an artist, and to see that she's really doing it, and you know, making that her priority. It's very yeah, inspiring. I'm really excited. Yeah. Uh, we mm-hmm. we had done a video uh, with Manya before, a few years ago. Yes, everyone go watch ex- that. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm excited to to see what this new show will be like and to uh, film it. It'll be really fun. I think it's going to have some of the same works from the show that we filmed before, but a- Abby, with, is that on YouTube? Some new additions. Is there like it's, like I know it's in our demo reel, and if you watch the podcast live on Twitch, yeah. you've probably seen it in the demo reel we run before the show. But uh, uh, I was just curious if there was like a direct link to the video. It's not on our page. But no, it's not on could, our page. Yeah, it could be on Manya's page. Yeah, I, uh, if we I can find the that. if we can find the link, uh, I'll put it in the show notes. I uh, bet she has a website. Yeah. So uh, um, everyone can go uh, check that video out and get a little glimpse into Manya's work. And if you're in Nashville, come out to Manya's show. Come out to the art crawl. Uh, it's a cool thing that happens in Nashville. Uh, so really, you can go to manyanika.com and Will you spell see, that out? So it's M-O-N-Y-A-N-I-K-A-H-D.com. And you can see some of the works we featured and our video that we made, which is on YouTube under Manya's name. But um, that was for the the past show featuring um, uh, 
you know, several of these works. I I know there's going to be some new additions to this show, and I'm excited to to see what she does. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to be surrounded by creatives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it you know yeah. it's here, here. inspiring, and and it's just the 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 art world in Nashville is so uh, small. It surprises me. Yeah, constantly. no, it really is. Yeah. It it really is small. I feel like um, I feel kind of privileged to have gone to an art school and to have had an opportunity to interact with several of these artists that are working and living in Nashville. Uh, Abby, should we say anything about your uh, upcoming project? Yeah, I, we can. I can just talk very briefly because okay. I don't have a lot to say right, about it right, yet, right, right. other than um, you can I, announce it. Yeah, I've been selected to participate in a a a part of a film festival. Um, you know, by Defy Film Festival. I think this is their like seventh or eighth year going into um, you know this festival, and I think it's. It's going to be, uh, all the videos are going to be featured at Oz Arts. Um, but basically what I'm doing is this bit, they, they, they said the name of this kind of bit is called Heroic Couplets, but they're not kind of, they're not, you know, they don't, the, the name of that bit is kind of open to, to, it could change. They're not kind of. That's the working you know, sold title. on it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the title they used last year. I think it's the second year that they've done this where they essentially like choose filmmakers and poets and pair them together under a theme and they collaborate and make a short film about said theme, you know, involving said poem. And um I'm really excited to be a part of it this year, especially because the theme is gender bend. So you know, it's it's going to be very interesting. It's going to, you know, touch on some ideology and kind of thoughts on gender and uh, I'm assuming like androgyny. And um, I'm excited to put into visuals what my uh, poet partner um, will, will write. I'm excited to, um, you know, make connections and we have a very like short timeline, like really it's by the end of, or by the beginning of May that this needs to be completed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting for sure. And I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of it. Yes. I am very happy for you. It's super cool that you got approached for this and I'm excited absolutely. to uh, help I'm so out. Excited. Yeah, for sure. I absolutely am having my AMPM video crew, um, as my production crew because you know, y'all are, y'all are the best of the best in my opinion. And together we have, you know, a unique touch to everything we make and we have good gear and, you know, I have no doubt that, you know, we're going to make something that looks really cool and that's really impactful. And that's, that's what I'm, you know, looking to do. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Hell yeah. Oh, Michael, we just, we just said hell yeah. <laughs> All right. That's amazing. I love it. Super exciting. I cannot wait. I'll update uh, y'all as I know yeah. what's going on. We'll, we'll probably <laughs> continue to mention it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Keep an ear out for more news on that. Uh, this has been episode 22 of Go Team Video. And if you want to keep up to date, go over to our Instagram at Go Team Video or our AMPM Instagram at AMPM.video. Yeah, I would say if you want to stay up to date, follow at AMPM Video, uh, but also follow at Go Team Video. We, uh, what we do right now is we announce the shows and we post uh, the day they come out on the main page, our AMPM Video page. Uh, until we get the follower count up more on our Go Team video page. So go out there and follow that Go Team video page. And if you haven't checked us out on Twitch yet, go over to twitch.tv slash AMPM video. Yes. And uh, this is the part of the show we like to give a big thank you to Mike Gubbins for providing the intro outro music for our podcast. That's at Gubbins Music on Instagram. And for the lovely photos that we post along with our podcasts we have Jorge Sierra to thank for taking all those photos for us what a great job and that's at shop from the pit on Instagram and hopefully we'll have some more of those coming up soon very soon and also look for Jorge sometime this month probably he's going to be on the podcast soon. cannot wait for that it's going to be great it's going to be great I'm pretty sure we're going to do uh, a Spanish film I think it's Alfonso Curran's like really popular Spanish film that he made. Kind of like launched him into popularity. Cool. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in next week. Bye. 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 Thank you, everybody. Yes, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week.